Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. I'm BJ! And we are actually together in the same room for the third time ever in the history of the podcast. I was going to say, not ever, but yeah, for for the podcast, probably. Yeah, so uh, today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about Fortune Street, uh, Itadaki Street in Japan, uh, because I brought my copy of Fortune Street up to BJ's house this past week in Tennessee, Alabama. You live yeah, in this Alabama. is Alabama. This is Alabama. And uh, yeah, so we've been playing Fortune Street a lot uh, the last few like days. Days, yeah. Um, so tell people who don't know what Fortune Street or Itadaki Street is, uh, actually what the games are, because until just a little while ago, I mean, I knew before this, obviously, but I'd never heard of it before, and this one is actually an English game, Fortune Street is, and others never got localized. Yeah, so uh, Itadaki Street was a board game, video game, uh, designed by Yuji Hori originally. Uh, the first one came out for Famicom, then you had one for the Super Famicom, and through future uh, generations of consoles. The first one that I'm aware of that has Dragon Quest characters in it is actually one for the PS2. Uh, it was Itadaki Street, I think it was called like DQ versus FF or something like that. Uh, and then it's very similar for anybody listening who has played Dragon Quest 3. Uh, there is the Pachisi hmm. board. Uh, in Dragon Quest Three, if you ever played that mini game uh, where your character, you know, runs around on this giant board and you roll a die and you can like land on different things, it's very similar to that. It's like they took the Pachisi board from Dragon Quest Three and they added in some Monopoly mechanics and made their own video game series with it. And a whole lot more mechanics that we have never played with. Like you can invest in stocks and uh, worry about like dividends or something on there. Like there's capital gains that you can deal with, like things you don't expect in a simple video board game uh, that you might expect out of like a Euro board game or something these days. But like we've only played it on easy mode that removes all of that stuff like it's basically just monopoly when the way that we play it like did you ever play it with the uh the stock brokering and all of that uh no so my wife and i fortune street uh became like our unofficial quarantine game my wife grace and i we played it a whole lot toward the beginning of quarantine and then played it off and on uh the last couple of months and uh, the, yeah, kind of like BJ was saying, the regular mode for the game, you actually you can buy stocks. Uh, there's a stock broker. You try to sell your stocks, you know, for a profit. They can devalue over time. You can sell your stocks really at any point. And yeah, it's just it's a lot more complicated. So we my wife and I always played an easy play because even in playing an easy play, the game takes a really long time to get through just a single board. 
it's kind of like BJ said, it's Monopoly, but it has not quite Mario Party mechanics, but like there's some mini games. They're not as hands-on or as multiplayer as Mario Party, but there's different mini games like slime racing. And there's like a board where you shoot like a bow and arrow at a spinning board. And there's, uh, there's stuff like that. There's venture cards that you get that flip over that can like raise the prices of your rent on your properties or decrease the value. Maybe you steal money from people. I mean, it's basically, if you're playing an easy play, it's basically Monopoly, but with Dragon Quest. And so Fortune Street, the one that we've been playing, it's the only one I believe that has ever made it over here into English. And uh, it's Itadaki Street, but it's called Fortune Street here in the U.S., I've read that it's called Boom Street uh, internationally. I like, like it, that. Like in PAL regions and stuff, apparently it is called Boom Street. So if you're listening outside the U.S. and you have Boom Street for Wii sitting on yourself, then that's the same game we're talking about here. I don't think that would uh, have gone nearly as well as uh, Fortune Street does in America. I mean, that uh, that kind of Fortune Street kind of falls into what Americans love, Uh fortunes and money um no nah, but uh i it may have also been like boom blocks like i could see them uh, not naming it that in america because of uh boom blocks being so big and not wanting to uh uh cross streams with that game on the wii what is boom blocks it was a uh, steven spielberg made puzzle game on the wii like it's it's great. Like it was so much fun. It's like you took the Wii remote and it's like, think about a weird combination of Jenga and target practice where you like threw like things at different blocks, trying to knock down fortresses and stuff like that with the Wii mote. Like it was one of the best games on the Wii. Like I played so much boom blocks with my family that we, uh, we, we, we got it and it just like, we played so much of it. It was so much fun. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now and yeah, it says, designer steven spielberg that's really weird yeah i can't remember if i have a copy of it over on the shelf or not but if i do uh, i'm gonna go look since we're in the same room right now i'm gonna go over here and look and see if i have boom blocks so that i can make you play it whenever we're done with this so while he's looking up boom boom blocks is that what it's called boom blocks uh i'll talk a little bit more about uh my wife's and my experience uh with fortune street so He's got it. (laughs) So whenever we first started playing it, we're trying to just figure it out. Neither one of us were big into like reading the manuals or anything like that. So we really, uh, we put, we turned the party chat off because it got old after a while. Just hearing, it was kind of cool seeing the Dragon Quest characters, you know, say lines in their kind of dialogue and dialect uh, from the video games they're in, like Kiro and Elena and things like that. But we got tired of seeing it every turn and we wanted to speed it along and even speeding it along. It's like the game can take a really long time just to get through a single board, even in multiplayer. Uh, the CPU is also stupidly uh, tough to beat and it's definitely in their favor. They cheat so much for the computer. <laughs> it is, it is absurd how much they cheat. My wife and I, we started doing it where, cause you have to play four players. So my wife and I started doing it, so that I would choose two players and she would choose two players to play as. And we would just play it that way because it definitely seemed to be in the CPU's favor. And I had always, I, I read 
that in the original like Itadaki Street that the the board that Yuji Hori made uh, for the game was like too hard, like no one could beat it. <laughs> and so he went back and he made what he called a practice board uh, that would like teach people, I guess, how to play it. And people still couldn't beat it because it was so, so tough to beat. And so I guess that from my understanding of it, that was the practice board went from being like the first board in the game to being like the fourth or fifth board in the game. Like one of the, which I think is probably the last board in a Famicom game. I mean, I can't imagine it having too many boards in the first iteration of the game. Yeah. For the NES and the Famicom, I can't even imagine there being a lot of like variety there, but yeah, the easy one he made ended up being one of the last ones. That's, that's some pretty hardcore board game in Yuji Hori. Yeah. And Honestly, the Wii one, I mean, I've never played the Famicom one, but the Wii one has a has a pretty hard CPU as well um, to end the game. So to end the board, just in case you haven't played this or you're not very familiar with it, is you can have a you can bankrupt. So and you can actually uh, like fiddle with it and set the bankrupt to be one player, two player, three player, something like that. We always play one play. Just one person has to go bankrupt. Uh, and then you can set the limit. So like once your net worth gets to like, let's say 10,000 gold, then you automatically win the game, assuming you can get back to the to the bank in the middle of the board. That's that's how you win. But it's like if you're just playing it when my wife and I first started playing it over quarantine, she had a character, I had a character and then we were playing with two uh, the AI you know, CPU and it was hard. Like, I mean, we didn't even pick one of the, the longer boards and it still took about three, after about three hours, we were, we just turned it off. Like no one even won. We were just like, okay, it's three hours. We've been playing this like all night and we were just done with it. And since then we've gone back of fortune street on the Wii. I think Trodane castle is probably the fastest when mm-hmm. you say, cause it's pretty quick. Yeah, we did that one, and we never did Slimenia, but it looks like it could be quick if you lower down the amount of uh, gold that you have to get, because I think that the default on it is like 10,000 or 12,000. I could see it being quick on 6,000. Yeah, Slimenia was the first one we did, and we seriously spent like three hours in Slimenia. Like, that's nuts. never, never beat it. And then we tried the Observatory, which looks like Dragon Quest Nine. And there's buttons, though, and you step on the buttons and like a section of the board rotates around anytime you press on a button. And that one took a a good long while. I think we finally won because I went bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I I went bankrupt and I think it ended. And I think that's actually how we figured out that going bankrupt can end the game, that no one actually has to win. It's just whoever has the most gold when one character goes bankrupt wins by default. And you can change that, that there in the settings, we uh, we realized that you could change it to you have to wait on two people to get bankrupt or something like that. But then that person is just sitting there in the living room watching the other people play for what might be another hour and a half. Yeah, it, it could be like a really, it could take a very long time. Jumping back over here to boom blocks for a minute because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it. So it looks almost like Minecraft. Like it looks very like the cubes and stuff. Like, yeah, it's based on uh, of- like cubes and things like that, like blocks. But uh, it's not a building game at all. You're destroying all of this stuff. Uh-huh. It's like you're hurling things at the. Uh... Yeah. So, hence boom. Yeah. Like, you're hence, making you're making things go boom. boom. Yeah. Huh. Like, it's so good. Like, we're going to go into the living room after we record this, and you're going to play Boom Blocks just to see what it's like. 
Yeah, and I'm looking at there's characters like Biffa Wiggins and Buster McGuff, <laughs> Wink, Wrinkles Peasley. Ooh. Yeah, that's really weird. I think I'm gonna try Scully Bones McGill. That's a good name. Yeah. Next child you have, Scully Bones McGill, is gonna be their name. Yeah, my wife w- would kill me. <laughs> I think I'd be okay. Like she'll be all like epiduraled up, and you're just gonna whisper it to the uh, to the nurses and the doctor, like put this on there. I got Scully Bones McGill. <laughs> so Fortune Street, go back to Fortune Street on the Wii. You can choose between Dragon Quest characters and Mario characters. Which I think was nice for my wife, because my wife really likes playing as uh, Diddy Kong and uh, Waluigi in a lot of these, in a lot of Mario mini, uh, like multiplayer games like this. And my wife likes to play as Daisy. Any kind of uh, Mario game that we can choose a character, she always chooses Daisy. And I don't know why, because neither of us actually know what game Daisy came from for, uh, for the Mario series. I've never looked it up. Like, that's one of those things. I, I know you're looking it up right now, yeah. but it's one of those things I where either. I think about it. I'm like, I don't know where Daisy came from, but I never look it up after that. But uh, having Daisy on there was uh, perfect for my wife because we have a running joke that in uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, which was the first game we ever got to play together and like got her into playing video games at all. Daisy, when she won a race, would go, I'm Daisy. And then whenever Jennifer lost a race and she wasn't in first place, she would just go, I'm not Daisy. Not the character, but my wife. And so there's a running joke that when something goes wrong in our life or our house, we just go, I'm not Daisy. And so she always uh, has to play Daisy. So it it was good that she was on there for her. So I looked it up. And Daisy first appeared in Super Mario Land in 1989 for the Game Boy. Okay. Do you know, I've only ever played that a couple of times. Like, I got a Game Boy when Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins came out. So I didn't like playing the first one with, like, the weird, like, like, bouncy ball thing and the Sphinx and all of it. I didn't like it as much as the other one. And so I've never played a lot of it. That's why I didn't know that. Yeah. I I had no clue. I don't think I've ever played... uh, played that game ever <laughs> wow it's i need, i'd like to go back to it because i was telling you this morning i like game boy games yeah. and so the more i see like a dragon quest one through three on the game boy color it makes me really want to play it like that and in, again instead of on the switch with the new remakes or anything so i really am gonna have to play through those like i think i'll like it a lot so the dragon quest characters that you can choose uh in fortune street that you can choose from in Fortune Street, at least initially. You can unlock more like Dragon Lord and Jessica from Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, you can unlock those by playing through the tour, which is kind of like a story mode. And thankfully, uh, thankfully, they realize how long it's going to take you to play through these boards. So there is an option to go out to lunch, which <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called, though. Out I to know, lunch. That's so weird. Which lets the, which actually just the computer plays for you. Um, and then there's also, you can like pause the game. So you can do like a quick save during tour and come back to it later because it, it realizes how long some of these boards can take. And so a multiplayer, you don't have that luxury, but, uh, it does exist for the story mode, which is good for unlocking characters. Uh, but the starting characters for fortune street are the slime, which is a cursed character. Oh my God, I could roll nothing but like a one and maybe a two on him. Like I want to say I got a six or a five or a six like a couple of times, 
but like pretty much every role, it was a one. And you said the same thing happened to you. Yeah, I picked a slime the first time my wife and I played this game because it, I mean, I was like, cool, I get to be a Dragon Quest slime. And yeah. then, which was the same reason you chose it when we came up here. But yeah, it was like, I, I rolled lots of, it was small rolls. It was like ones and twos. And then I always seemed to land on other people's properties. And it just, it was like, I didn't roll any ones when it was important. Like early, <laughs> like early in the game, you could roll like a bunch of ones in a row and buy up properties next to one another for like bonuses on the rent and property values, which would have been cool. But you don't get to roll ones as a slime at the beginning. But then after like the game has progressed a little bit, it's like, that's all you seem to be able to roll. But the best part about the slime is that because it's so terrible and sucks so much, you get to see it lose whenever somebody does win. And it's lying on its back, wiggling, just kind of crying with its mouth open. And it looks so sad and pitiful. And uh, But it's really funny because it's like everybody else is happy and there's just this slime wallowing on the ground beside the pedestals. If the slime gets fourth place. Yeah, it has to get fourth place. Right, fourth yeah. place. When I say lose, I mean fourth yeah. place, yeah. So the slime is there. You also have a platypunk, um, which my wife and I usually uh, chose as the CPU because we all want to gang up on the CPU. <laughs> so if we had like to choose one to be the computer, we would make it the platypunk. Um, and I assume it's from like some like prejudice due to the rocket slime. Yeah, I game. think so. Like with them being the uh, bad guys in that, I just look at Platypunk. Outside of it being an enemy in the normal games, it's mm -hmm. like I look at them like, yeah, yeah, you're the bad guy for this. Like we're going to gang up on you. Yeah, you also get uh, Young Yangus uh, from the PS2 uh, Mystery Dungeon game uh, as one of the characters. And we actually played one of the boards from that game, the Robin Hood Ruins. Hideout. Robin Hood Hideout, I think is, is that what it was. Called? I think so. Yeah. Anyway, we actually had to look it up because we we're playing it and we were like, I don't remember this from any Dragon Quest game that I've played. And so we, we looked it up at the time and it turns out it's from the, the Young Yangus uh, game on PS2, which is which neither one of us have played because it's all in Japanese and on PS2. And so that makes sense for why we never saw that board. And it's really weird that that's a character in this one that got released. I mean, I realize it's the same generation as the PS2, but it's really funny to me that it got released and they didn't change it for the United States because as much as people were not familiar with Dragon Quest in the U.S. in uh, what year was this, like 2006 or something like that, mm, 2008, yeah, sure. um, it, whenever it came out, like, people would not have been familiar with young Yangus. Regular Yangus, yeah, you know, old Yangus from DQ8. But uh, young Yangus, I don't know if people would have seen him. Yeah, and I assume it's just one of those things. That's that, just a holdover. That, yeah, well, would have been a pretty new game at the time when Fortune Street came out, the international Fortune Street. Yeah. Yeah, so I assume they just have young Yangus on there because that was kind of the one of the newer Dragon Quest for the same reason Stella's in it. Yeah, I mean, this is 2011, 2011. Is, is when Fortune Street came out. So it's actually way newer than I thought it was, like a 2011 General Wii game. General Wii game? General. I saluted. Y'all can't see it, but I saluted when I was like, General Wii game? Uh, so Young Yangus is on there. Then you have uh, Lena and Kirill, who I assume have to be in like every Dragon Quest spinoff game. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I can't, are they in, they're in both of the Heroes games, aren't they? They are, yeah. yeah. Just a pretty, they're in pretty much every Dragon Quest spinoff game I can think of, 
uh, like over the last decade for sure. You know, Tornico kind of was the star of the spinoff games for a long time, but now Lena and Kirill, they're like sneaking in there. It's because Kirill thwacked everybody else and uh, made sure that uh, that they couldn't get in there. See what I did there? I see, I did, yeah. I did. He's playing Dragon Quest Four right now, by the way, you guys. And you guys are going to hear some stuff about it, and you're going to get to hear Austin rage at me again. If you thought Parade Gate was fun, oh, y'all just wait. It's bad. It's bad. I'm I'm refusing to do a Dragon Quest Four episode with BJ. <laughs> I think I legitimately made him mad this morning while we were sitting on opposite sides of the living room talking about it. I think he was like truly angry at me rather than just being uh, his normal frustrated self. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> um, but that's all the details you get. Uh, Bianca is another Dragon Quest character mm-hmm. in Fortune Street. And I love Bianca, and I feel bad because the computer chose Bianca, or we chose the computer to be Bianca the first time my wife and I ever played this game, and the computer stomped us, and so it made me hate Bianca a little <laughs> bit because it was the computer was just like beating us so bad. Now, didn't you choose Bianca as your wife when you went through DQ5? I did, yeah. yeah. So, so spousal abuse. Yeah. So, like she, like you could have called like like law enforcement and like for domestic assault because she beat you that bad. Yeah, she beat me real bad. <laughs> um, and then Angelo, Angelo from uh, Dragon Quest Eight is another uh, starting character from uh, that starts off in Fortune Street that you don't have to worry about unlocking or anything, uh, which is kind of a weird. I thought it was a weird choice. Yeah. I, uh, young Yangus and Angelo, not like, you know, the hero or any- Jessica's in it too, right? She's, yeah, but you have to unlock her. Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. She's, you have to unlock her by playing through some of the boards. And, you know, Dragon Quest Eight was a pretty big hit mm-hmm. and had, was not too old at the time Fortune Street came out. And then you do have Stella from Nine. I, th- I guess Stella from Dragon Quest Nine is probably the newest character yeah. uh, in the game that I can think of. So... I didn't notice until right now that there are no heroes. That you can't be any of the heroes in Fortune Street. Do you unlock them? Like, I haven't seen art or anything for uh, heroes in Fortune Street, which seems very odd that you don't have, like, eight or uh, solo or anybody in it. You do not unlock heroes in Fortune Street? I didn't think anything about it, because most of the time in other spinoff games, you don't get to play as the heroes anyway. That's true. The uh, Itadaki Street, that's for PS2. Uh, I know at least the hero from 5 is on the cover, uh, so I assume you can play as some of the heroes in uh, in that version of it. Then there is an Itadaki Street Dragon Quest Final Fantasy 30th Anniversary uh, that's for PS4 and Vita. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm trying to rack my brain right now for who all's on the cover of that one. And I actually don't know if there is a hero on that one or not. Uh, and, and because, you know, I haven't played these games, like I can't unequivocally say like, no, you don't ever play as a hero uh, in any of them. Uh, but because the hero from five is on the PS2 uh, DQ versus Final Fantasy one, I assume that you get to play as him. And then PS4 Vita one, BJ is actually looking it up right now, but I don't know if you uh, get to play as a hero from Dragon Quest. I know Final Fantasy uh, heroes are on there. Oh, look, Elena and Kirill. Yeah, Elena and Kirill are right there. You got Carver, uh, Squall, uh, Terry, uh, Titus, Aaron, Silvando! 
Yeah, I told I, you. Told me about that. I told you. That's I saw why, one. That's why I want to play that one. And Tornico and Lightning and who's that? Dreadlord Nogle. He's the bad guy. He's the final boss in version 1.0 of Dragon Quest uh, X. And the other person you probably don't re- recognize that is uh, on Lucia and Lucia uh, from uh, version 2.0 of Dragon Quest X. Now, this is a callback that we want to make a, a... I need to make a retraction on when we were talking about uh, the Serena costumes for uh, Dragon Quest XI. Uh, when we were talking about the cat suit, the red cat suit looked like a a direct homage to uh, On in... Persona 5. Persona 5, yeah, thank you. Uh, so when she was uh, looking at the two of them, like they look almost identical. And so then Austin is playing through Dragon Quest X, and he gets to On Lucia, who is apparently also in a red cat suit that looks like that, right? Like she's not in that on no, here. No, no, no. She, she does have one. That's her. I'm showing him pictures right now. You guys can't see this, but... Like that's kind of her standard one. Right. That's not when you first meet her. When you first meet her, she's dressed more like a peasant. Yeah. Like she has the cat. Like she has a tight, like crimson cat suit is what it's called. And it looks very much like Serena, which makes us think that then the persona five, uh, on with the same name and the red, like leather cat suit is probably a DQ 10 reference more so than a DQ 11 being a P five, uh, reference so uh, we realized that but regardless it's all connected in some way but there's another red cat suit lady that uh that exists in dragon quest uh, that we didn't know about and that you might not either if you haven't played 10 yeah um speaking of carver i wanted to mention carver really quickly because he you said he was on the cover of the ps4 one uh, he's in fortune street as one of the starting playable characters and he's actually my uh my go-to character usually when we're playing uh fortune street for some reason, I don't know. I like Car. I mean, Carver's probably my favorite character from Dragon Quest VI, and so uh, I really liked him. I always chose him in uh, Fortune Street as well. I seem to have good luck. I've never lost as Carver, so now it's kind of like a uh, what's the word? I'm trying to think. Lucky charm. Superstition. Superstition. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so now I'm kind of superstitious, where I'm like, oh, if I don't choose Carver, I'm not going to win. And you know, the other night when the two of us were playing it with your wife, Jennifer, and my wife, Grace, when the four of us were all playing it together, I did not play as Carver. You didn't. I played as young Yangus, and I didn't win. Grace you didn't. won. Grace won. Yeah, so uh, so maybe he is your uh, your lucky charm. Yeah. And you should be superstitious. I should have played as... Uh, did you say stupid I did say... I said superstitious. <laughs> I was hoping that no one would catch it. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm not a very superstitious person and uh, I, I I should start calling it stupid stitious when I'm like making fun of people, which I don't really do. I don't care if people are superstitious, but uh, but that's a good insult now, though. Yeah. Stupid stitious. You're not superstitious, but You're... you are a little stitious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I can punch you here now. <laughs> that's not that's a Michael Scott joke. Is I it? Can't, I can't take credit for that. Yeah, it's a it's a thing from the office. And I've only seen all of it one time, yeah. so I don't remember all the jokes like you do. Yeah, Michael Scott says that in there. Um, <laughs> I am. I really do, though. Uh, I really do want to play the Itadaki Street for PS4 uh, because the PS4 is not region locked and it has just so many cool characters. It has you know Silvando from Eleven, like you mentioned. But I would just really like to play it like with the mascots, 
you know, because you have Helix, yeah. you have Helix from Heroes, you have a Slime, a Chocobo, and a Moogle. Yeah, like I'm looking at those, and I I just want to play that. Like Helix is my least favorite of those, just <laughs> just because I love Moogles and Chocobos so much. Like I love them, and so I see the Slime there, and like these three, I love a bunch. I'm like, yeah, Helix is there too. But it's like these are the three that I would choose before I would choose Helix. I'm pointing at them, by the way. Helix is my favorite slime in any Dragon Quest. Is he really? Like media. More yeah. than Slib in uh, Dragon Quest uh, uh, Monsters Manga? Yeah. I, I like I like Healy, I think, in Dra- Dragon Quest Heroes 1 better. Um, this is the one The one that's in Itadaki Street is the one from 2 because he has his little beret, yep. military beret on. That's how you know he's ready to kick butt. <laughs> I don't know why they gave him a military beret in the second one, <laughs> but they did. They but, did. Yeah. But I, I guess just to make him look a little bit different. different. Yeah. Not to have it be the same character. Yeah. But um, I really like Helix uh, in Heroes. I kind of like Healy uh, from four. That's another good one. But yeah, I do like Slib too. Slyvel's pretty cool. Yeah. You found a Slyvel toy the other night that you sent me. Like, I'm amazed you didn't order that. Yeah, well, it was like 15 bucks for a tiny little... Yeah. It's Dragon Quest toys. You got to pay a lot for it. It's true. More than anything, like, I mean, I really want to play the Itadaki Street PS4. It's so expensive. Is it? Yeah, like, the only one I've been able to find that seems to be, like, at cost right now uh, without having to pay, like, inordinate amounts of shipping is still, like, 60 or 70 bucks. And it's one of those that, like, says it comes from, like, Malaysia or somewhere Mm. where, like, I'm afraid it might be... uh, like a not legit copy of it. Then there, there's the Vita version, but I don't have a Vita, so I can't play the Vita version. They're a little cheaper. They're, I think they're closer to like 40 or 50 bucks a piece. Does it go on sale on the Japanese eShop or PlayStation Store very often? Because you could uh, create a Japanese PlayStation account. Uh, I know that uh, that Chris Evans, uh, one of the geek to geek listeners, uh, and we've talked about it before, he buys uh, Power Rangers uh games that don't get released over here and other uh, super sentai games uh from the japanese playstation store so that he can play them and uh, that might be a way to get it cheap if they do a big sale on it you could get it for probably a quarter of the amount like if you just want the digital one yeah maybe so part of me though is just like the cover art for the 30th anniversary in adaki street is like so pretty like i would just love to have a poster of that yeah like if you if you love dragon quest and final fantasy like, it's just, it's such a glorious piece of art. Like, just look at that. Like, and for those of you who don't, who can't see it right now, like, it's chibi art. Like, look it up. It is really, really pretty. And uh, it's just the chibi art of everything. And it looks like the Chocobo from the Mystery Dungeon, that style of uh, all the characters. My favorite part, I think, is uh, Zidane from Final Fantasy IX, like, making kissy faces uh, at Bianca from <laughs> Dragon Quest V. Um, like that one's pretty cool. Uh, Angelo is totally flirting with uh, Yuna on the thing. Maribel looks like she's making a mean face at Jessica. It's kind of hard to tell. And then on Lucia is surrounded by Terry and uh, Balthier. Like there's a lot of flirting going on. There is. And Titus is uh, uh, flirting with someone I don't recognize. It's Nira from Five. That's Nira? Okay. Yeah. I actually couldn't. From Dragon Quest Five. Yeah. 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 Dragon Quest Five. Uh, some final thoughts here, I guess, with Fortune Street. It's a fun game. Um, I think probably my biggest complaint with it is that it takes way too long to get through a board. Right. Like, the game stops being fun 
long before you actually get to the end of it. Like, like very rarely, there's only been, of all the times we've played this now, and since quarantine started, my wife and I at least have played it a ton. And I think there's only been like two times maybe ever that we got to the end of the board and one of us was like, hey, you want to do another one? Because generally by the time we got to the end of one, it was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and the other night when we were playing it and actually made it through all the way like to the 10,000 gold one, which was a lot, uh, it was, uh, we were all tired and I don't think any of us wanted to keep playing because we were so sleepy, <laughs> like falling asleep in the floor, but we were still taking our turns and passing the controller around, uh, because you can play it with just one Wiimote and it's, uh, we like, we were going to finish it out of spite. I think like we had already sunk that much time in it and we were like, cause I don't even remember how long it was, but it was like two and a half hours at least. Time, yeah. And, uh, we were, we were all just like. We're gonna finish this. We're gonna see what happens, and but we were so sleepy. Like it was, it it does last way too long. Like it is fun, and I can't even imagine. That's on easy. I can't even imagine how long it would be if everybody had to manage their own stocks and uh, trying to go through even additional menus and stuff. It, yeah, this was on easy play. We disabled the chat where the things didn't talk, and we had put we'd sped up the mm -hmm. the movement speed and everything the way it rolls and the characters move on the board we'd put turned the speed up on that all the way and everything it still took like two and a half hours for the four of us to play through it was the robin hood one the yeah. robin hood uh what'd you say hideout i think it's robin hood hideout yeah it's uh it was way too long like that is and i understand like that's kind of what the appeal of this game is apparently is like they're super long and hard not the the best feature of the board game Overall, I think it's a fun game. I really liked it. It's not my favorite Dragon Quest spinoff game uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it is a, I mean, I think it's a, just a fun, it's a fun multiplayer game, I think. Like, it's a fun game to play with friends, like a party game, and it's all the cooler because you get to play, you can play as Dragon Quest characters. Yeah, and it's something very rare that you get to play as these characters in just about anything. So uh, being able to play as a slime, even if it is cursed, is really fun. Uh, just, but just because you can actually play as a slime and it's an option. I wish we would get some more uh, in English. I mean, I would love for there to be a Final Fantasy uh, Dragon Quest one come over here in English. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Mario and everything, but I think this game would be even cooler if it was Final Fantasy characters and yeah. Dragon Quest. Because honestly, with Mario characters, it feels like it's a Mario Party ripoff as opposed to it being its own thing. Where I think with, uh, with the Final Fantasy characters and Dragon Quest characters, it would feel a lot more uh, standalone than it currently does. It would feel like a monopoly ripoff but it is. yeah that, that's true that's what it would feel like <laughs> so the original one on the nes did it have dragon quest characters and monsters like what was the the player character like the tokens the the, the character that i've seen from the famicom one looks just kind of like an anime dude oh okay yeah hmm. and and they're the, the second one i believe for super famicom uh, it looks like uh, it looks like video game like producers and directors. Like anyway, I don't I, I'm not sure what it is. I really don't know that much about those ones. But um, the very first one I can think of that had Dragon Quest characters was the PS2 one. Okay, it was Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. Which I'm glad they've stuck with that because it's like it's really cool. Yeah. So I think that about does it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you want to check out Fortune Street for yourself and you don't own it already, uh, it's fairly inexpensive. You can usually buy this on eBay 
uh, like in great working condition for like 20 bucks or less. Um, so if you want to try Fortune Street yourself, this is this is not one of those Dragon Quest games that are like really expensive to try to purchase or anything like that. Remember, you can talk to us uh, on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. Uh, you can also talk to me directly on Twitter at Dragon Quaston, and you can keep up with my regular Dragon Quest blog. That is at DragonQuestAustin.com, and you can also check out our podcast Patreon page for all sorts of exclusives and other goodies, and that is at Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. So if you want to talk at me, you can do it there. Uh, you can join our Slack or our Discord and talk at geek2geekmedia.com. There are links there. And if you want to listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, you can find it at geek2geekcast.com, Spotify, or anywhere else, like all your other podcasts. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.